Welcome to Dad Hammer Bolters and Booze, where we discuss all things Warhammer while staying hydrated with an adult beverage. I am David the Warboss, and I am joined by Chief Librarian Lawson. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Chaplain Lee. All right, it's good to be back. Sir, and the old, old, very old, reliable Medicaid Steve. Ah, yes. <laughs> it's good to be reliable. <laughs> I mean, Hello, everyone. We're we're the like because it was just you and I at the start. You're always going to be the old, but technically, I guess I was the first one to speak, so I would be the old, old, super old, and you would just be the second super mm. old. Chronologically, maybe not, but <laughs> you know, it's all good. Yeah, the warping stuff. Yeah, right. It's all. T- what is time anyway? Mm, yeah. nothing that's construct a, that's a deep question that i don't that's too late to answer so yeah we're not gonna mm-hmm. mess with that right now well we have got a great show for you um we're going to talk about a recent review that uh is posted on our youtube channel for the baron of dice the dice products lots of different types of dice on their website so check them out but i've got a full review that i'll i'm just going to hit the highlights uh we did a, a youtube full length we, uh, YouTube review. So I'll make sure you check that out, but we're going to talk through a couple of things there. There was a new orc miniature released recently as part of the black library preview. And, uh, and as you've probably have heard on this podcast, I don't like to read a lot. So I immediately dismissed the black library preview, but there was a miniature announced. So that was pretty cool. And it's for orcs. So, you know, as the name of the war boss, you can't, can't go wrong there. And then we will wrap up the show with some listener-submitted questions. Pretty cool. we got some good stuff coming in, and we're going to talk about uh, suggestions for non-players that have yet to play Warhammer, how to get them involved, and then also how some to do some basing of your miniatures, a little basing 101. And these are both submitted from our uh, user base, our listeners, so pretty cool. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, follow, and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. You can find us on our website, dadhammerpodcast.com, or on our YouTube channel with, I am posting now, lots of videos. Uh, We've got a lot of cool shorts on there, full-length stuff. And then also our Instagram account has been pretty active with a lot of new pictures and questions that are out there for the community. So be sure to check that out. But first, we're going to start with the most important part of every Dad Hammer podcast, and that is, what are we drinking? I will go first, because um, I'm the one that's talking, and therefore, I can can just say that I'm going to go first. Um, I am drinking a a beer, a fine southern beer, and it is a Yeehaw beer, because I live in Nashville, and that's just what you do. And this one, even more so, is... um, right up my alley because i live a little bit out in the country for well country for for some anyway it's called a chill billy cold ipa and it's got a skeleton on it with a banjo sitting next to an old tree stump and it just makes me feel like ah that's that's probably somebody right down the street <laughs> for me <laughs> uh but it's good it's just an ipa um and uh i've never had this one before but Sometimes you go to the grocery and you pick up an IPA and they all just kind of taste the same. So, but this one's good. If you haven't tried the Yeehaw beer and you're in the Nashville area, definitely check it out. It's good stuff. So I will now throw it over to Lawson. Uh, Mr. Librarian, what are you drinking this evening? First of all, I, the description of your beer, it just, it hurt my insides. That man, Mm. that is... (laughs) Yikes. Okay, moving on to better, brighter <laughs> things. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not as cool uh, because I have to switch back to Night Shift. I am drinking a Monster Energy this evening. Whoa. Because, you know, got to stay up late to be that night owl. So mm. it's very uh, generic, we'll say. But Well, yeah. thoughts, uh, thoughts and prayers uh, with you, yeah. sir. <laughs> And, you know, it happens. Night night shift is rough. Well, um, you're you're doing the Lord's work, as they say, and uh, (laughs) you're going to be awake for it, which is good. It's true. Yeah. Speaking of the Lord's work, uh, the chaplain, what are are you drinking this evening? I'm drinking 
a sleepy time tea went with the old faithful <laughs> 180 degrees opposite yeah so uh librarians got to stay awake chaplain's got to go to bed <laughs> we we rise early yeah oh right okay so you know staying have to get up and staying on brand bless things just yeah we wake up at dawn to bless the uh marines mm-hmm. they or something like that they need it because bless their hearts <laughs> I, I did a drink many, many months ago that I, I mean, I liked the, the title of the cocktail and I called, uh, called it Bless Your Two Hearts because of Space Marines. And it was one of those where it passed the, the significant other test where I told my wife what the name of it was. And I got zero reaction, which means immediate score, like perfect name, <laughs> no reaction whatsoever. Not even a, huh, or a, or a, hmm, or, or even a groan, nothing, no reaction. <laughs> Which means this is a perfect name. So very good. Well, don't fall asleep too quickly on on this show, uh, Mr. Chaplin. Mr. Medicaid Steve, you have the Warhammer themed cocktail this evening. Lay it on us. Fellas, I think I stumbled on the pure gold on this one. <laughs> uh it's not really all that fancy. And I'll be honest with you, I had a hard time improving on the name. So the name is called the revolver. Um, so I just decided I would call it the stub revolver since, uh, I've been playing a lot of dark tide lately and it's actually one of my favorite guns. I mean, come on, man, going through like a dark tide scene with a five shot <laughs> revolver, <laughs> pretty ludicrous, but it's a good one shotter. And this is getting, getting on the same level of that, but, um, it's two ounces of rye whiskey, an ounce of coffee liqueur, uh, you know, Kahlua or whatever, and four dashes of bitters, and that's it. However, the rye whiskey I used was Angel's Envy uh, finished rye. It's aged in Caribbean rum barrels. Mm. And so, you know, I'm going to get Kraken to sponsor us eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but they have, the, they have the espresso black uh, spiced rum. Yeah. So it's, it's actually their coffee liqueur. So I use that and man, this thing is good. This is a really, really good beverage. So really glad I found it. Very good. It's nice and dark, kind of like a mahogany. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 a it's as beautiful as it is stout. You need to get a, you need to get a Kraken tattoo. I mean, at this point, a, a face tattoo. Back. I think that's what mm. that's the next level. You know, it's you go you take the Mike Tyson route and just put it on the mm-hmm. yeah, don't put it right on the forehead. Put it on the side. That way it's it's yes. classy. Right? You got to stay classy that's on me- this show. And if you're going to get a face <laughs> tattoo, you got to stay classy. <laughs> yeah, you know, that'll leave that on my last day of employment. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's your mic drop, you know. You just roll yeah. in with a with yeah. a face tattoo. <laughs> Just letting you all know, I quit. <laughs> at, at work and at life. That's what that is usually yes, what a right. face tattoo right. indicates. <laughs> you know, shout out to anyone with a face tattoo that's listening to this. Apologies. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, enjoy your cocktail, gentlemen. Cheers and bottoms up. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. So let's get into our first topic, which is a review that I recently did for our YouTube channel. So if you haven't got onto the uh, Dad Hammer YouTube channel, make sure you check that out. But I did a review of the Baron of Dice product, and I this is was not they didn't send me this product. This was me purchasing because it all started when I was looking for some uh necron dice and they just came out with the necron dice and i was really excited about said necron dice and then i saw them in person and it was like a like a pukey brown with the green on there and it was just a terrible color combination so as much as i am a loyalist to as it i mean it seems to games workshops products i just couldn't bring myself to buy the pukey brown necron dice um just not my jam so i went out looking for others and I found Baron of Dice, their website, baronofdice.com. And I got a set of the Necron Dice, put that in my cart, and then I found two others, one for the Stormcast Eternals and one for Skaven and Age of Sigmar. So I went a little bit of the Age of Sigmar route on this as well. So I bought three sets of dice, 
and I did a review. Um, so I, I'll say right off the bat, if you are a someone that's looking for uh, army or faction specific dice, like this is the place for you, because you know, I'll, I'll preface that by saying, do you need army specific dice or fancy dice? No, no, you you don't you don't need them at all. But do you need them? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Mm. Yes, yes. Yes, but uh, what's not good, though, is buying the collector's edition of the Codex, as we've well established. But fancy dice with new colors, uh, totally justified, right? Lawson, correct? Wrong. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, so, I mean, I, I really liked these uh their products. I mean, I'll just go ahead and say that when you get these dice in, they come in a really, really nice tin. I was surprised. I mean, I mean, it shows on the website, so it's not like I was shocked, but I think what I was surprised with is the quality of the packaging. They have a nice insert foam where the, the dice are really packed in there. So that is also is a pro and a con. One of the cons is that it's a little difficult to get the dice out initially. And I, I handed them over, you know, I've, I've given them to other people to check them out and they like take, you know, 10, 15 seconds just to get the, the dice out of the box. So um, that's, a, that's a good thing because it keeps them, you know, tight in there. But it is takes it a minute to get them out. The, the good part of that, though, is that you don't need a dice bag because with the Games Workshop dice, they come in a little prepackaged deal. And then once you take them out, where do you put them? So the, the 10 coming with it is nice. And you get all of that for $32 uh, USD. And you get 25 dice. So it's about on the on par with the official Games Workshop dice, except you get the 10 along with it. So you're paying roughly the same price for faction army specific dice and you're getting the 10 to come with it. Um, personally, I think that the the product itself is really, really high quality. I was expecting maybe some more of a plasticky feel, but I didn't have that at all. It was uh, I was very impressed. So packaging... Uh, the tin that comes with it, the weight of the dice is good, very similar to what Games Workshop produces. And the other problem for someone like me who likes to collect dice is that Games Workshop does these in limited runs. So when they put out their army-specific dice, once they sell them, they're they're gone. They end up on eBay for like way too much money. So um, unless Baron of Dice goes out of stock, these are always going to be there. So pretty cool. I end up giving the dice from a rating system. We do a five-point rating scale. I gave it a 4.5 out of, out of five. Highly recommend the dice quality product. So definitely check that out. I, I did want to ask just, you know, Lawson, you've got some some fancy dice, but I don't... Have you ever looked at Baron of Dice? Have you looked at any of these for the potential new armies that you're considering bringing to the table? I know you had some like Blood Angels or, or things in the past, but... Um, where have you gotten your dice previously? Uh, so all of my dice either were stolen from other board games, um, as, as one does. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I graduated from thieving from other board games, I, I went to, oh man, um, it's been so long since I bought them. It was a, it was a web. I'll have to look up the website. I don't remember. I bought a bunch of my dice from, a website and they just came with a bunch of different really weird cool looking symbols it was similar to baron of dice uh but mm-hmm. they weren't warhammer exclusive um and i've really liked those however i've heard of baron of dice a lot um i, I mean even before you kind of did a review of them i had heard the name before mm-hmm. and had kind of thought about it but never really gone down the rabbit hole uh, i will say going forward if i do want to pick up faction dice i probably will go there uh, the fact that you could pick them up and it's not you know get it while it's here because if it's gone it's gone you know you don't have to yeah. worry about that that's that's kind of a big deal uh because that's one of the things that you know gw does that's a little saddening is hey get it or it's gone so mm-hmm. um but yeah and then the the price is just so much better too you get more for the same i mean that's 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 crazy so it's I've heard of them um, and all the things I have heard of them, uh, barring your review, of course, have all been fantastic things. So again, and nothing negative to say about it on, in, in, on yeah. that front. 
I mean, cool, cool product. Um, I, I wasn't aware. I, I take that back. I had heard the name, but I hadn't really browsed the site. And um, again, I'll, I'll say that this is not a, a paid advertisement or anything like that. This is purely from finding the, the, the website, looking through everything and just being like, oh my goodness, there's so many options. I mean, and you can pick between the uh, what I really liked about it is that you could pick whether you wanted the rounded edge or the the square, more square shape. I'm more of a square dice kind of guy because of the Vegas feel. Um, but, you know, others are like the, the rounded uh, parts of the dice. So you can pick and choose. The only thing with the Stormcast one, and, you know, they don't, they don't call them because of copyright. They don't call them Stormcast dice. They call them Twin Meteors, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> so you kind of have to get on there and look up, you know, your, okay, I want to get uh, Chaos or uh, Order or, or, you know, something like you have to look up the the um, faction, you know, realm or whatever. But for Necrons, it's Day of the Dead. And then for Skaven, which are probably my favorites, uh, I like those the most. They have a swirly green shine to them. Um, and those are called Warp Rune. So, you know, it's all just you, as soon as you browse them and you're going to see, oh, yeah, I recognize the symbol. So you kind of have to know the symbols going into it because they don't say Skaven, Necron, Stormcast. But, um, you know, it, it's it's fun to browse. And I thought the price was pretty good for what the uh, expected, I guess, uh, the, the cost is going to be if you buy them officially from Games Workshop. So, uh Good stuff. Definitely check out the review if you are interested and be on the lookout because I will be doing another review very, very soon. So let's now move over to some news. We don't, the news is starting to trickle uh, towards the the end of the year. Uh, Games Workshop, or I guess just Warhammer now. I don't know if we can officially still call them Games Workshop, but um, until they really change their name. I'm just going to call them, you know, Games Workshop, GW. But they are focused really on the the first of the year of 2024 now. And so there's not going to be much news other than maybe some free scenarios or uh, some articles or something for new players, things like that. But they had a Black Library preview where they released a new Orc model. And I mean, anytime they come out with an Orc model, it's not just because I, I play orcs and I like orcs. Uh, there's always some comic relief to them. They always just do something funny. You know, you got the Red Gobbo and uh, they did the Goff Rocker last year. There's always just some kind of humor that comes around out of orcs, which I think is awesome. One of the reasons I like them so much. But the Black Library preview, they released a, a new book with orcs, but reading, you know, who wants to read? Um, you know, a lot of people do, apparently. But I don't. And so I saw the model, and the model is a Bad Moon War Boss, I guess. Um, and it's be, uh, I guess, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna butcher the name, Uthak Blackhawk or Uthak or Uthak. I'm gonna go with Uthak Blackhawk. But cool looking model, um, Lee. I know you were the you were the first one to really point this out to me because I had forgotten. Again, I had dismissed the whole Black Library thing because of it had books in it. Um, but you were like, hey, there's a new orc model. What were your initial thoughts of this guy? I mean, I think it's great. <laughs> I mean, I think when I look at orc models, I, I think way back to when I you know, was a kid and, and saw them. And, you know, I thought they were cool then. And when I see them, you know, the old ones, they all look the same. And they have the, the Genghis Khan like hat and they have the like square jaw type menacing look. Um, but... I definitely think the orc models have just leveled up so much in the sculpt. And this is just funny. Like there's just little things and, you know, so, you know, the squig at the bottom that he's balancing his gun on, you know, that's, <laughs> that's funny. But it, but if you look, there's like little details in the article that, that it's his loyal squig called princess, you know, so like there's this squig <laughs> called princess. Um, and then like, I mean, I just keep thinking that orcs are the equivalent of like a foot, football hooligan you know how they talk and and things mm -hmm. you know um so great sculpt um think it's fun um and i just i just love the idea of him balancing this big gun on this little squig called princess yeah um and the gun like even the gun itself it looks like it's it should have like a laser beam shooting out the end um 
So I think it's great. Yeah. I think, I th- and then, but I liked, um, and I'm going to say the name wrong, and I keep on wanting to say Slipknot, but that's the band. Um, but <laughs> Snick, but uh, Snickrot, yeah, Snickrot, like that. That when that came out, I was like, man, that that's another great model. Um, but again, you're playing Orcs, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> you're not allowed to like it. Part, well, I, I <laughs> yeah. think they the the. Just the the lore and the look of of orcs and what they've established allows them to do so much with it. I mean that they're very flexible. That you you're not restricted to like with space marines. You have to have a certain look. They have to look a certain way uh, with the armor and clean lines and all that. And orcs, all bets are off. You could literally do whatever you want. You could throw a squig on top of somebody's head and have them screaming and holding four sticks of dynamite while the orc has you know, uh, two big choppers in his hand and jumping out of a moving van. Right. I mean, you could do all those things and it's totally cool because it's orcs and very similar to like Mad Max, which, you know, I, I think is, is awesome. So, uh, I really like this model. I liked that they had a, the, the melee, um, the weapon that he has in his hand is called the Erdi Snaz hammer. Which, I mean, I I liked the the name uh, Boomdaka Snazwagon is probably my favorite name in all of Warhammer, but the Erdi Snaz Hammer, which just that just uh, it's funny to me. So um, just add Snaz. Yeah, Steve, what do you think of this guy? I thought it was great. Um, I think the level up. I, I don't know a lot about orcs, and I didn't really follow them until the Octavius Kill Team came out. But I kind of feel like when I've looked back at previous orc models, that was when, to me, the sculpts kind of made a, a little bit of a sharp 90-degree turn. Mm-hmm. I felt that the orcs that were in that um, that box set, they just stood out from the rest of the army. You know what I mean? They had that, I don't know, grungy, looked like some Eastern block guys in track suits, you know, <laughs> fighting dirty kind of look, you know? And... uh I, I don't know. I, I just liked it. And this kind of brings in that feel to it. They they look like the orc commandos from the Octavius uh, box set for Kill Team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Lee, I, I keep finding little details. I'm like, I want to know what the little brake lever on the hammer does. Yeah. I, Stop it. I, I, I mean, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't slow it down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is but it, it looks cool? A, like electricity or something in there, and yeah, that's how you I, shut it off. I I, I, I don't know. But I, I kind of looked ahead a little bit, and I said, "Oh, it's a book associated with it." Because I do like a lot of the novels. I probably will not read this book. Don't get me wrong, but I couldn't think of two different character factions than to throw orcs into Kimura with a bunch of uh. Dark Eldar or Jukari. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is going to happen in that book? Because these guys are funny and they lend the whole, like, I mean, 40K in itself is just ludicrous, right? And these guys help that ludicrous aspect, the whole Wiley e. Coyote part of the, the franchise. The Dark Eldar or Jukari, not so much. I mean, they, they, they that is like the grimy uh you know the underside of the of the story and they're they're very serious right they're very not pg-13 um but but they're still in the same universe and they're still in the same franchise and they still deserve to be together because i don't know we play the game right uh you know mallory might play (laughs) your orcs one day (laughs) so it it would follow through right yeah, and uh, I just I, I want to know like fiction wise like I kind of want to read it because I'm like this is just gonna be absolutely ridiculous, but uh, could be pretty cool, you know. I like the I like the cover, the cover was cool. I mean the the neon green look to it, um, but mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just all kinds of crazy, and, and it always has been one of the reasons you know Lawson when I first started playing when you introduced me to Warhammer I was going for I wanted to play a dwarf faction that was my first you know uh, inclination but I would say orcs are the closest thing that I can get to and you know I I I've I think that has been paid off over time because 
they they never fail to impress with the with the level of of sculpt and i don't know about you but i i I remember when i first got my the the first box of orcs and i played against you things have come a long way since then i think i think this guy's no different i i would agree with that the you know from the boom dacus naswagon to the bubble chucka um and, and the old <laughs> days of the bubble chuck a cannon you know roll a d6 does it blow up on its own i don't know roll a d6 does it do 16 mortal wounds nobody's gonna know yeah it's <laughs> it's definitely been been a pretty solid improvement um and and again this this model is is pretty good too it's not not a big orc person um I, I appreciate them when they come out, but for me, I, I prefer a little bit more structure in my models. So the sh- the shenanigans that the orcs provide are a little—they're a little too much for me. Um, but they're—they're they're always cool to look at. I mean, it's because with orcs, it's what are they going to do next? You never really yeah. know. It's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's pretty neat. So it's—it's it's yeah. a good model, though. Yeah, I, I like this guy. I um I don't know. I mean, I, I may pick it up just just to say that I have it. I do wish that it was its own, you know, had its own stats and maybe it will, but I wish it it was a standalone character model, a brand new character model of some kind. You could always kit bash this thing, you know, to, to run it as something else, of course, but I think it's a cool looking model. You could run it as a, a big mech. Even it has a little bit of a mechy feel to it. Um, and, but it could also just be a war boss. So I've got the golf rocker and, so you don't have to have a dedicated model for it. I just think it's a, anytime there's a new orc model release, I think everybody at least has something to say about it. So this is no different and looking forward, hopefully that they will release some more orc stuff next year when they release the codex. So let's now get over to, we've had, um, we, we put out a, a post on our Instagram asking for uh, listeners submitted questions and we we got some really really good ones um we want to start first with uh the handle hardly hobbies who sent in a a really good question and i actually get this a lot and i think everybody starts here but solid question suggestions on getting non-players to play warhammer but not necessarily to collect so again looking just how do you get how do you get people that are not interested in Warhammer? I know that that's the majority of the population, but how do you get people that may, you really want to invite your friend group or significant other or just general acquaintance to get them into the, to the hobby? Um, Steve, when, when you and I first started it, we all had this general, um, you know, draw to miniatures and models. And that was at least mine, but you know, for, for you, I know we, we both had our escapades and trying to get our children into Warhammer mm-hmm. and, you know, different, different degrees of success, but what are your advice? Do you have some advice? We'll, we'll start, we'll start with you. I know, and we'll get over to, to Lawson after this, but hardly hobbies asked a really good question, um, at hardly hobbies and Steve, what, what would you, what would you respond with on this one? I, I think it's, it's a tough, it's actually a tough question. Uh, it's, possibly for me one of the toughest questions because i was but i'm weird like this man i i'll jump into a hobby and i'm like i'm all in i'm gonna do it i'm just that's just how i am you know and this is one that you know you're investing a lot of time and not necessarily i won't say a lot of money to get into it but to ask someone out of the gate like here I want you to buy this combat patrol box. I don't, you don't know anything about Warhammer. You don't even know if you want to play. I want you to just buy this, you know, 130, $160 box of stuff, put it all together, get it painted and let's get on the play. And like, I'll, I'll see you in six months. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause that's kind of how it goes. Right. Yeah. So I think it's hard to hook somebody, you know, if, unless they're, they're really interested in it already. However, there are ways to do it. Um, I think the hooks got into me completely before I ever put my first model together. And we've talked about before is going to a games workshop store and doing the whole demo game. Um, You know, our local games workshop store, the manager there, he he was very patient. Uh, He had a nice setup. 
and it was like quick and easy. We we said, hey, is there a specific time? He said, why don't you come between this time and that time because it's a little less busy. So my son and I showed up. And it's all, it's always set up. That table is always set up. Right. Mm-hmm. And he kind of dumbed down the rules, walked us through everything. And within an hour, I think I left $150 poorer, and at least, and we had a blast and it was very easy. That, that to me is the easiest way. Uh, now that's assuming you have a store close to you. If you don't have access to that, that, that kind of goes out the window, I don't know. How do you guys feel? I feel like most large cities or even smaller cities, you're going to have a local gaming shop of some sort. Uh, there's it, It's popular enough now. I bet most people have you know, some access to some local gaming or hobby or you know, comic book shop or something like that. And you may not be able to walk in the door and play a game that day, but I bet you could walk in and talk to whoever owns the store is running the store and get something set up. And, uh, I think that would be a good way. I think whatever you need to do is get whoever you're interested in to where you don't have to put together a whole bunch of stuff for them. Oh, unless you already yeah, have, if you already have a large, like, or if you have multiple armies and you've been playing a while, you already know how to get people into it. I mean, I don't think that's, that's too hard to do. If, if you're really into the hobby, uh, like I think any one of us could bring a friend over to our respective homes and set each other up, even if it's like, all right, we're just going to play Space Marines against Space Marines because I have plenty of those or, you know, whatever. Uh, I think that would be pretty easy to do. But like I said, you can find a local hobby shop and do the same. But whatever I think you need to do is you got to strike while the iron's hot. As the saying goes, um, if someone's showing an interest and you want to show it to them, don't show them the ugly side of the hobby where it takes forever to get going. <laughs> you know, don't let them know how long it's going to take. <laughs> you know, get going and get get something and get their hook, get the hooks in, and uh, they'll be all that more uh, you know reticent to pay money and and get into it themselves. You know. And I guess you could start small. There's what the bookcase games like Underworlds and all that stuff, though. Those are a little bit off, sort of. Those I, I would almost say those are, even though they're Warhammer products, I think they're Warhammer adjacent. Yeah. Because you don't you don't get a feel for the real game, but you get a feel for do I want to play games with miniatures and rolling dice? Yeah. I mean, and you kind of go from there. I think I think you hit on something and. It's really about finding finding the entry point for for everyone because everyone's going to come in at a, at a different angle. I think that some will will gravitate toward just the the artwork and the and the crazy looking models and oh man, what's all this stuff? And then I've had some people that I've talked to that love the video games and love the overall aesthetic of Warhammer but want nothing to do with all the miniatures and the assembly and the painting and even the tabletop game, even though it looks awesome, they just want nothing to do with it. So I think, you know, Lee, I I remember when, when you and I first started talking and and we met um, and play, you know, I I invited you to, to go with me to a soccer game here in Nashville and we're just hanging out. And, you know, you asked me what I did in my spare time. And I mentioned that I painted toy soldiers and, you know, I wasn't ashamed, but I'm not like, you know, waving a banner that I play Warhammer or anything like that. And nobody, nobody knows what Warhammer is. And I remember, and I've mentioned this on the show before when I said, Hey, you know, I, I paint toy soldiers. And your first response was, Oh, you mean like Warhammer? And I'm like, what has just happened? And I mean, that was the way that, that, you know, you had already been introduced to Warhammer when you were younger, but that's the way that you just, you have to start it up and you find someone that maybe has an interest already or, past with it so i don't know what it was like for you when you first started getting in what were the maybe the hurdles right the the things that you were were holding you back from starting or or did you even have those first of all the question i want to ask was was that moment when i said like warhammer was it like stepbrothers where he went did we just become (laughs) friends a hundred percent yeah yeah i mean i was just like all right i know right i mean uh steve you've 
posted on Facebook. We found each other. And it's like, okay, we're, we're, I guess we're lifelong best friends. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it was Lee with that. That's really what it was like. It's just, okay, let's leave the soccer game right now. And uh, let's go have a really long discussion about nerdy stuff. <laughs> I think, um, to, you know, to go back to your question, I think when you start in the hobby, there's so much um, out there and so much content and miniatures and all these things. What made it really simple for me was you said, hey, come over, let's just roll some dice and have some fun. Um, you know, you, open, you show me all the miniatures. Hey, these are the space walls. They're like space marines. They they shoot things. These are orcs. They've got things like bubble cannons and cool vehicles. Um, <laughs> these are Necrons. They're kind of like Terminator. They just keep coming at you and reanimate. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll go with the space walls. Um, and it was really simple. You set the game up. I think it was 500 points, kept it really low. Um, and we just have fun. Yeah. Um, I think... Playing against orcs was fun because they die really easy. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, offended. So like, I'm offended immediately. Yeah. But then playing playing against Necrons back in ninth, it was like they die and they get put back together and you're like, no. Um, but I think for me, it was the act of playing the game um, that really just helped spur it on. It, it was kind of the equivalent of, I think by the second or third game, when I started to get the game, it was the equivalent of a kid riding a bike, you know, really shaky, really wobbly, but I'm doing it, <laughs> you know, when I was remembering dice rolls and stuff. So for me, I think any person that's looking to get a friend involved, if you've been in the hobby for some time, you've probably got enough to play a faction versus a faction, a combat patrol versus a combat patrol. Like start there, start simple. They don't have to paint them. You've already done the hard work. Just have fun. Mm. Don't get bogged down in the rules. Laugh and joke about it. And then I think grace is a really key in the beginning. Like they're going to make mistakes. They're going to forget charge rolls. They're going to forget, um, you know, what dice does what. They're going to um, forget about AP and invulnerable saves and all those things. You know, and that's what you really helped me with was like, you were like, hey, you probably need to do this or try this. And and that really helped me enjoy the game. Um, and then there came a point where you were like, I'm not helping you anymore. You've passed the, <laughs> the entry level. But I think it for some people, it's just rolling the dice and having fun. Yeah. And that and that's it. And that's the hook. And then. The entry level, and we've said this time and time again, the entry level place for any beginner is combat patrol. Mm -hmm. Don't buy a ton of models, buy a combat patrol, start there, and then build from that. So yeah. that, that was my take. Yeah, I, I think too, it's important to find out, you know, and just thinking about um, the, you know, the, our listener who is looking to maybe get someone who just has either no interest or, Maybe they don't even know what the game is or they, they've heard about it. They just, they, they need to be introduced somehow. So my, my advice, I think everything we've said so far is, is really, really solid. My advice would be to find out what games they, they currently like. Are they, are they just into video games? Uh, are they, uh, do they like board games? Are they, are they, do they like miniatures? Are they just more of a card player? I mean, I go into some of these game stores and it's all Magic the Gathering and uh, Lorcana, Lorcana, however you say it. And it's all these cards and I just have zero interest in cards. I want tangible miniatures and buildings and things like that, that I can manipulate and look around on a table. And I think if somebody is, has a, an interest in that, maybe they're coming from Dungeons and Dragons or one of the star Wars games. And they just like the look of, of small miniature figures on a table. That is a, a, a thing that, that drew me into the game initially but what hooked me, and Steve, you mentioned this too, what hooked me was the actual game, the strategy and the depth of it. But I, I did the same demo at the Games Workshop store. And, it, and when I got the demo, they didn't go through every single nuance and all these extra rules. They just told me like, hey, you need to get from point A to point B. And these are your weapons and you need to roll these dice. But this is why you need to roll those. 
And that for me, it was like, oh, now I see the nuance and I can mm-hmm. attach, you know, other models or uh, other units to this to make them better. And then when we played, uh, I played a first game and Lawson, I played against you originally and I got absolutely destroyed. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, so, but you were so good at like helping me understand why that the same thing I did for, for Lee. It's like, you, you helped me understand why this happens why okay you don't want to you don't want to put all the orcs up front and they're not going to shoot you don't want them shooting you that's more of an afterthought so just helping someone understand but you got to get them in the door first you got to get them interested in the game itself once they're interested in the game then you've got the, the the hurdle this is the biggest hurdle is the the building the collecting the painting um for someone like me i didn't really care about the building and the painting it was a means to an end I just wanted to get to the table. I just wanted to get the the stuff. So the game had to be worth it for me to go through all the labor, essentially, to get to that point. So I think you got to, maybe to really answer the question, and Lawson, I'm I'm definitely interested in your take, is where you're coming from, from the, I guess, being the veteran that's played the game the longest, (laughs) I think, out of all of us. But, you know, how understanding where I'm coming from and my desire to play the game, what what do I need to get in, you know, into before I can get to buying my first box and things like that? So, what were your what are your thoughts when when I when I first approached you about Warhammer and I remember that what what would you suggest at, at trying to tackle this from from our listener? Well, the way that it was kind of broached with with us was very similar to you and Lee. It was, hey, what are you doing in your free time? Well. And like you, I did not want to wave the big Warhammer flag that said, I paint Warhammer because then I'm, <laughs> I'm prepared for the question that's, what's that? And then I'm like, oh man, where do I start? So I, I pitched it the same way you did. And for someone who has no idea what it is, I think that's a really good pitch. I, I paint and build these figures that I use in like a, a tabletop game. Can You know, you could sort of com- compare it or combine, you know, say it's like chess where you have to use strategy, but it's kind of D and D esque where it's uh, make your own decisions. It's kind of up to you. Um, so you, you, your pitch may be a little bit different, but it, I typically try and take things that are well known and make that the, the pitch on how to explain what Warhammer is without spending six years explaining the horse heresy and how the emperor is now stuck on a big golden seat. In, anyways, <laughs> the, <laughs> Okay. The the question or the pitch that is simpler is, hey, I've got this board game where these armies fight each other. Are you interested? And it's it's very vague and open enough that you're like, okay, all right. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I'm intrigued. And and then, you know, similar to kind of what you guys have really said, you you really just you give them enough without, you know, dumping the whole bucket on them because if you dump the whole bucket, they're not going to want to do it. Start super small. If if you have to start like take a squad of just intercessor space marines, five man squad, another five man squad and you teach someone the basics with those two five man squads, winner is irrelevant at that point. You you're simply just teaching them the rules. Um give them some of your models. I mean, like like Lee said, if you've been playing for a while, you've probably got plenty of things. Just something super small. Get them get them over there and get them to throw dice. That is, that is the ultimate goal. Have them with models in front of them, painted or not, it doesn't matter and get them to throw the dice. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's really what gets you stuck around is yeah. you roll these dice. How many attacks did you hit? Oh, Oh dude, I just rolled like five sixes. That's crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, roll the save. Oh, I just saved like five out of those six attacks. That's insane. And then, and then it begins. Right. And that's kind of where it starts. And that's, that's just kind of where it goes from there. So yeah, that's the trick. Get them to throw the dice and, and then, you know, it, it'll either happen or it won't from that point forward. If they don't have fun doing that, the hobby, the, the gaming side's probably not going to work. Um, mm-hmm. The collecting side is a little different. That one kind of, if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, you're not kind of like you are David, where you, you just want to throw the dice. Yeah. So that's start there, get them to do that. And then the rest will sort itself out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I it's it's not a an easy task, but it just I my the last thing I guess I'll say to our listener is don't don't be afraid to go and just, you know, find people that like 
nerdy games. If you can find somebody that likes Dungeons and Dragons or video games, really that's it's not a far reach. I've had several friends that just are are just play video games and have want nothing to do with tabletop games. But if you can find somebody that likes D and D or something similar, or Star Wars, it's not a far stretch. They're they're most likely into this stuff. So put yourself out there, and you know, if all else fails, just invite them over and show them the the models and see see what they think, and then go from there. So let's uh, now switch over to a second question that was submitted by Bubba Big Weld. I think I've, I think I'm saying the, uh, the 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 name right, the handle. Um, and the question is on basing minis. Looking for some recommended products, things to avoid, tricks, and examples for basing a mini. And when we talk about basing, it's it's it is taking the miniature that you have and it comes on a uh, a circular base that you glue it to. And then that base can be painted. It doesn't have to be, but uh, I know we all will spruce those up a little bit. Sometimes add, you know, foliage, Lee, like you did with the Tyranids jungle stuff. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly simple with the, the basing that I use. It's usually just texture paint with some skulls or, or grass or something very simple. But everybody's got their own little flavor for doing this. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really good question, just kind of asking for some recommendations um, Steve, I'll, I'll start with you to get some, get your take on basing in general. And what kind of tips would you have for Bubba Big Weld? And I love basing, uh, to a point where it almost takes up too much of my time, but, um, I don't, you know, I think that's the, the that frames your model fairly well. Uh, I think the first tip that I'd have is, um, if you got a dark model, put it, put a light base. If you have a light model, uh, make it a dark, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of, I think you need that contrast. I think if you have a, you know, they can really start disappearing on one another. Um, so that's something I've learned that that's helped me a lot and it looks better in my opinion. Um, the easiest method is to throw some school glue, like white glue on there, Elmer's glue. And you can drag it through sand or little rocks or dirt or kind of whatever you have. And you can always paint over it and then, you know, shade it and dry brush it and all that. That's a pretty easy, almost free method of doing it. Uh, Games Workshop puts out a pretty nice line of texture paints and stuff. I think they're a bit expensive. Um, I, I think we all have started with them. Uh, I have found on, and you get it on Amazon, but uh, Vallejo makes good products, you know, paint and stuff. But my favorite is the thick European mud. It's sort of a neutral brown color. Uh, they have other colors. So if you only want, want to buy one, you could buy a light color. Uh, they have like a gray concrete color. So you could always paint it. But you can get 200 mLs of it where uh, a Citadel texture paint is 24 mLs for probably seven or so dollars Mm -hmm. and you can get 200 mls of this stuff for about 16 to 20 bucks depending on which one you which one you buy so i think it's a good value for your money it comes in a nice big tub so you can get a lot of mileage out of it you know um the little grass tufts that you can buy from army painter or a lot of people make them some of them are flowery but you can you can get them in all kinds of just different brands or whatever, but just one of those on a textured base, like you put some texture paint down, shade it, dry brush it, throw a tuft on there. Amazing artwork. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of that simple. Um, I'm getting into snowy bases. Didn't ever think I would, but man, that I will tell you the Valhalla blizzard is almost irreplaceable. Like I haven't, I haven't tried a lot of other stuff, but I can just, I, I see Lawson shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried other stuff, but their pictures don't aren't doing their other products justice yet. So, so far it's been pretty good for me. Um, yeah. I would like, to, I would like to find something else cheaper to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think ultimately you can keep it simple, but make them look good. I think play and experiment with colors and textures. Uh, and, and you can all, like I said, you can always use your painting to get what you need as opposed to the product itself. You know, just texture and 
contrast are my two biggest uh, pieces of advice. Yeah, I, I would also say too, because um, I, I did Space Wolves and I put snow all over those those things. So I did a bunch of that. Um, but I've, I've done different types of bases. I've, I'm, again, I'm, I'm a somewhat of a loyalist with Citadel's rim, the, um, the brand rather. And I have used the Citadel medium texture tool and I, I, I lost it somewhere. I don't know what happened to it, uh, but I used it forever and then it just disappeared. Um, and so I started using an old brush instead, one that had already was, it was messed up. It, it wasn't a nice brush or anything. So I was using that to apply the texture paint. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, don't do that. That's uh, it's It will work in a pinch. I mean, if you just really need to, to throw some texture paint on top of the base, but you're going to get it all over the model. You're going to accidentally, you know, put it in a place you don't want to on the, on the base itself. So the texture tool is like 11 bucks for a stick. That's what it basically looks like. You're just paying for a stick, but, it's got some kind of magic on it that the 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 technical paint uh, doesn't stick to, and it just it's it's really nice, you know. It's kind of like the the paint cup that we had talked about on our our gift list, where it just holds water. I know it sounds stupid, but <laughs> I mean it does the job really well. So I would say the same thing. You could use a toothpick, you could use uh, popsicle sticks or something like that instead of the texture tool, but. It is just a, a, a nice thing to have, and it applies the, the Valhalla Blizzard really well. But, um, Lee, I know that you've done several bases recently and also getting into putting in some of the, the magnetized stuff going on. So uh, what kind of recommendations would you have for our listener? So I think if the listener is going to be traveling and taking minis here and there, you're going to want to look to have some way of securing them. And you can, yes, you can put them in these foam packets and things, but what I've found is just magnetizing the bases um, and almost taking them on like a cookie tray. <laughs> so you turn up at your friend's house and they're like, did you bake? And I'm like, yes, death and destruction. Um, but like what I did was um, with mine, because I had um, basically with my space Marines, I mounted them, based them. And then I was like, oh man, I've got to magnetize these things. So I ended up having to build a, a, almost like a contraption that held them upside down so I could glue magnets on the base. And then I just had a simple thought, maybe if I'd started off with this, then it would be a lot easier. So I think when you are going through the process of building models, if you're thinking about transport and magnetizing them, just start by putting the magnets on the base you can lay them flat and you turn them over and then you can just put a you know two two spots of glue or a single spot of glue and then just add your your small magnets and let them dry and then you can begin the kind of the basing process Mm -hmm. Uh, i think for me one of the things that i found really valuable um is obviously you know, like Steve mentioned, the Vallejo texture paints are amazing. I also have like pieces of cork around that help me build volume and height. And then also I bought some um, orchid bark. So you can glue that on and put that down and then you can paint that gray and just dry brush and it looks like um, like rocks. So anything like that just to help build depth and, and texture in there just really helps it come alive um but what i've found really key is um keeping a a bits box you know we pay for these models and then you end up with spare guns or spare tubes or spare like helmets or things like that if you can keep those you know in a box you can add those to your base you know so if you're building an eldari you know i i built some eldari um the speed bike things i can't remember what they're called uh swift swift runners yeah. or wind runners yeah. they are got there eventually um and what i did was i just put a, a, a you know on the base i put a space marine helmet as if like you know he had fallen in battle mm-hmm. just added to that to the base just a little bit of interest so i would recommend keeping a bits bits box is really good um because a you've paid for it so why throw it in the trash and then um, the other thing is like a lot of people want to build like urban rubble. So right now, you know, I've, I'm building my, my Raptor team up. Um, and 
using texture paint i've got like a a concrete like urban one and then i was like man how do i give it something extra so i just cut off some of the sprues into um little chunks that look like bricks and i just basically glued them and laid them on in, in almost like little piles of rubble and that's it i think when it comes to bases you know steve mentioned let your imagination run wild and just try things you know I was in Walmart and I walked past the fish um, tank aisle and there was aquarium plants. And I was like, hmm, I wonder. So I just bought some of those. I added those to, you know, my Leviathan Tyranids because I wanted a jungle theme. And when I sprayed, you know, sprayed the whole mini, like I was able to yeah. paint those and it really made it come alive. Well, I just tried it. If If, if you mess it up, you can start again. It's a base. It's, you know, it's not as, um, you know, if you mess up a model, you're going to feel it. But with a base, you're like, ah, I can order a ton of these yeah, on Amazon can, as well. You so. can just scrape that stuff off. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I think about the, the, the models that I've done. Most of mine are fairly simple. I just put some texture paint on. I put a couple of dry brush coats on it and call it a day. And I know that the Steve's have been a little more complicated with some like lava stuff. I've seen that, you know, Lee, you've done uh, some as well, especially with the Tyranids in the, the jungle. You know, I, I did want to switch it over and get Lawson's take because you recently did the, the diorama with, which is a giant base. I mean, it's the whole thing is a base uh, basically. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I know you've got a lot of thoughts on this, but you know, what, what would what advice would you give uh, to the listener? Because of, as of someone who does a lot of this already, um, I love AK Interactive. I use it all the time. I don't use GW stuff anymore. AK Interactive, you get more for less, and it will go so much further. And there's a lot of other options. Um, it's it's just awesome uh, to piggyback off kind of what Steve had said as well. Glue is good. I use Elmer's wood glue which is, is weird, I know, but I use the wood glue, it's thicker, and I water it down to about the consistency of a, of a thicker contrast paint, not quite ink where it's just water. Um, it's okay if you do, it just takes longer to dry. Um, and corkboard is also super good. Uh, tea leaves are <laughs> insane. Uh, drink the tea, save the packets or save the tea leaves, and you can crush them up, and it's perfection it is glorious glorious foliage it's it's amazing um grass tufts are also super super good paint your grass tufts it just put a shade on your grass tufts please just a little bit it helps tie it all in it's really nice it pet peeves man this is the little stuff it's the little we're, stuff we're, and we're, then, pa we're passionate here about different things we, oh man i could talk about basing for hours four hours basing is so cool you can do so much amazing stuff with it um and then the I, the biggest thing about bases for me is please paint your base rooms. I don't care what color you paint them. You can paint them brown to match the dirt they stand on. You can paint them black because it's simple. Paint the base rooms, please. It's it's so important. It matters. It truly matters. It, it really does. But the bases could go on forever. I could talk about them forever. Those are kind of... It's the quick down a dirty one. Um, I would say keep your eyes open for a write up on some bases. Um, I'll try and write something for the website and give you a little bit of a breakdown. I made some some neat jungle bases. I'll take some pics and post some pics about the jungle bases I made and kind of the breakdown of that and the steps I used because um, it was super helpful. And you know, I all the stuff that I just mentioned I use on those bases. Yeah. And I think they turned out awesome. So I'll I'll have a write up for that and you guys can cool. can give that a read if you want maybe some more details on that. Yeah, awesome. Uh I think well, first of all, thank you for the spirited uh comments. I think the monster energy <laughs> has uh has fueled fueled the fire. Um where you know, what's what's funny is that I think um all of us are are very passionate about different things within the Warhammer hobby and we all have our little pet peeves and I always find it funny whenever those those come out <laughs> in the podcast. But I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot of good recommendations and, and tips here to to get our, our listeners started. Anyone else listening to this trying to 
you know, spruce up their models. Um, you can, you can really go a mile wide and, and, and a mile deep if you want to with basing, you can do something really simple. I think painting the, the base rim, uh, it, other than in ensuring that Lawson stays grounded and, and <laughs> we don't have any rage coming through. Um, it is important just to paint the, the full model. Don't, don't leave it the, the black color that it is, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of good tips, um, different ways to approach basing and, and painting. And we will be posting some some stuff very soon on our YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for that. So I, I'd like to say thank you to the listeners that submitted some questions. We did it on fairly short notice, but I really appreciate um, the good questions. They were really insightful and, and good topics to for us to discuss. If you have anyone listening to this, if you've got uh, additional items or topics that you would like for us to discuss, make sure that you throw something on social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, slash X, I guess it's called now. Uh, really just about anywhere you want to find us um, would be happy. Throw a comment on the YouTube channel, anywhere what that we is most convenient for you and, and we'll see it and make sure that we include it on a future show. That will actually wrap our episode of Bolters and Booze. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. We start to close out the year and, and into the Christmas season and uh, be on the lookout for some some predictions, some hopes and dreams where what we might see under our, our tree because we've all been good this year, I think. Really, really good. Uh, that's, that's, that's my opinion anyway. I know I have. <laughs> Steve, you've been the best uh, out of all of us. Yes. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Once again, uh, I have David, the war boss, and we will catch you next time on Dad Hammer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.